We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This week on the Garage Beers Podcast, it is NBA draft season and the Cavaliers are making their selection the first round of the NBA draft going on tonight. We'll see who the Cavs pick and we'll break that down. We'll break down the rest of the NBA draft as well. Plus, the Browns come win against the Houston Texans, a low scoring win in the elements. They go to six and three and this weekend they take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Plus, we got our garage beers of the week. So come on up the driveway, pull out your favorite lawn chair, crack open your favorite cold one and join us for Garage Beers. And welcome on in, everybody, to the Garage Beers Podcast, episode 39. Episode 39. Uh, find the Garage Beers Podcast on our social media pages, Twitter and Instagram, at The Garage Beers. You can also find the show at The Garage Beers Podcast on Facebook. Get on over those pages. Give them a like. Give them a follow. Interact with us. We always want to hear some beer suggestions uh, for our Garage Beers of the Week and so much more. With you, as always, your host, uh, find me online at Garage Beers Mike, Michael Keefe here on the west side of Cleveland. And with me, as always, the two best co-hosts that I could ask for over on the east side of Cleveland, it's Chad Meyer at Garage Beers Chad. What's going on, Chad? Hi. Hi. Uh, well, uh, I just saw Adrian Wojnarowski on the uh, on the NBA draft here. Uh, Woj bombs. I have you all I have the volume all the way down, but something just happened, so I look forward to seeing it. Um, yeah, <laughs> guys, it, it, it's um, it's 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 great. It's a great night. Uh, I saw Joey over there just lighting a candle, setting the mood for some podcasting. Yeah, uh, pumpkin I'm, I'm, spice actually. What? Ooh, really? That candle. Ooh. I also have a eucalyptus one that I lit earlier today. It is yeah. getting turned. Yeah. Tur- oh, as the. Children's would say, as the children's, <laughs> children's would say. It's getting turnt over there in Nashville. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, Spe- yeah, I'm good, man. Good. Speaking of Nashville, find him online at Garage Beers Joe. Joey Whalen. What's up, Joe? Um, I, bad news, I guess. I'm not as like angry as I was last week. So oh, that's terrible uh, news. I'm sorry I know. about that. I'm gonna have to find some other ways to bring the energy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess like probably like a bad time to try to figure that out but here, <laughs> here, here we go 
Do, do you want to take a break and go have a conversation with whoever made you mad last week? Uh, just come you back? know, I was trying to think of what I was going to say for my <laughs> intro. And like the two most exciting things that have happened to me this week have been, um, I took the Enneagram test for, uh, uh, personality, you know, the Enneagram test. Oh, tells yeah. you like what number you are. Fantastic. Had a good time with it, but okay. eh, overall kind of boring. And then, um, I watched Hamilton for like the 10th time. Oh, there you the go. 10th time. Did it get yeah. any better? Oh my God. Yeah. Every time I find, I'm like, I love it. I'm in, <laughs> I find it's something great. new every time. Has it felt, has it felt like, I don't know. I know it's only been a week, but it's feel if this, maybe that's just a testament to how long this week has felt, but man, yes. it feels like it's been like months yeah. since we've done a podcast guys. It, it has, does. it has felt, uh, <laughs> it's hard to believe, uh, last week. Uh, with Cecil Shorts. Uh, what else did we do last week? Uh, yeah, Duran Grant. Duran Grant. It is hard to believe that was only one week ago. Uh, but here we are, midweek nope. this week. This comes out on Thursday, so that's always great. Just a couple days nope. left in the week. What do you want, Chad? Doran Grant. Oh, my God. Oh, Doran God. Said his name wrong one more time. <laughs> I, couldn't believe it. I was listening to that, and I was just like, sorry, Doran. Sorry, Duran. Sorry, Doran. I mean, Duran. Sorry, Doran. <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to correct you uh, in the in the actual podcast, but I decided not to. But Jesus. Yeah, when I even myself, like, when I started saying it, I went, "Okay, uh, all right, Doran. How did we say his name? How the fuck did we say his name earlier?" <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Duran Grant. But that, yeah, yeah, only a week ago, felt like a month. This week is crawling. As I feel like the week before Thanksgiving always does. Next week, huge week, obviously Thanksgiving. Huge. We got football going. Uh, it's it's one of the it's one of the best weeks of the entire year. It's a short work week for pretty much everybody. So yeah, this week before that tends to crawl. But you know, here we are, Garage Beers Podcast. We're here to make this week go a little quicker. Uh, so uh, before we get into all the stuff going on, and there is some stuff going on between. Uh, the NBA draft, which we will start off with between our, our Browns breakdown and so much more. Of course, we have to lead off, and I'm so excited for this one. We have to lead oh. off with our Garage Beers of the Week, and I am going to start us off this week on the Garage Beers of the Week, and I'm going to start with okay. a shout-out to a buddy okay. of mine. and His okay. name is Matt Spiegel. Uh, and I work with Matt, but he's a good dude. He lives out in the Toledo area. Matt Spiegel and a buddy of his got into a minivan last weekend, drove all the way out to Sturbridge, Massachusetts. What? And they went to the greatest brewery on the planet. Oh. And the greatest brewery on the planet, and this is no joke, is called Treehouse Brewery. Okay. And Matt Spiegel spent four thousand dollars what at treehouse brewery now in fairness in fairness what i should say to matt is that he he bought four thousand dollars worth of treehouse beer now this is a brewery that does not distribute at all so in order to get their beer you have to go to their brewery and it only as of right now it only has one location uh and sturbridge is central mass there's nothing around it uh He bought four thousand dollars worth of uh, treehouse beers. Thousand dollars, and then he brought it back, and everybody was paying him for the beer. And of course, I paid for my portion of the beer, and it arrived today. 
Okay. And I cannot tell you how excited I am. So I am cranking out a beer called Juice Machine. Okay. Out of five, this is a seven. Okay. It's impossible. No. <laughs> impossible. It's- Nothing is impossible. If, Kevin if you're going- Garnett himself said, anything is possible. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you're going out of five, seven's impossible. It's not. It's okay, a seven right. out of five. It is a <laughs> okay. seven out of five. It's called Juice Machine. It is a double IPA. It is absolutely perfect. And so shout out to Treehouse Brewery. Shout out to Matt Spiegel. Uh, I usually bring home a bunch of Treehouse because I usually work in Massachusetts a lot, but we obviously haven't been there for anything uh, because of COVID. So he came back. I finally have a a fridge full of Treehouse beers and I couldn't be happier. So that's my garage beer of the week. Let's send it over to Chad. Oh, go ahead, Chad. How much did you pay for your portion mm-hmm. of Treehouse beer? Like, how many how many Treehouse beers do you have now? Good question. Uh, so I have uh, 24, 25 Treehouse beers. <laughs> it sounds like a, like a high school math problem right now. Right. <laughs> no, right. that's wrong. I have maybe 40 Treehouse beers. Sorry. What okay. the hell? Um, What's the so price per beer? I would say how much Six is that? bucks. What the no, hell? Okay. So. Okay. So what's another story? case what? coming my way? That was not originally part of the four thousand dollars shipment. Well, it was. Uh-oh. What's their story? Why do they not distribute? Uh, so the story's great. Uh, it started in a town called Munson, Massachusetts, which again is just in the middle of the state. There's nothing. It's it's a little more western. Okay. There's nothing around it. It's the closest place that it, it's to, like Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, there's nothing there. Uh, so. It was these three dudes. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing story. It's these three dudes that started this brewery in like a, like a garage. And they just wanted to make the best beer they could make. And the okay. funny thing is when you walk into their brewing facility now, which is a multi, multi-million dollar facility that sits on this amazingly beautiful piece of land, it's amazing. The framework of the old garage sits in the lobby when you walk in which is really cool it's like a reminder of where they came from these are uh these are guys it's three dudes they took out i want to say it was like a 30 million dollar loan to get construction started on this building oh my god you want to know how much of this beer they sell they paid that loan off in like eight months oh wow wow how how yeah yeah it is People drive, uh, every time I go there, you will meet with somebody. The last time I was there, I met with a guy that is from Atlanta and he left at like four in the morning, drove all the way up to Massachusetts, was grabbing his beer and just turning around and going back. What the fuck? People come from confused. So I heard, they told me that the most that anybody ever spent was like 15 grand. And it was like a guy from Japan that flew into Boston, bought a whole bunch of the beer loaded it back on the plane and took it back to Japan. It's incredible. My, my mind is blown right now. Like what, it's incredible. How, how do they, first off, how did that name spread? So like wildfire in eight months that they paid a $30 million loan off? Well, they already had a name, you know, they built their name from their garage. It really yeah. is. I, I mean, for real, this is not a joke. It is the best beer I've ever had in my whole life. It is wow. the most high quality, incredible, delicious beer I have ever had. Okay. So they already had the name, 
And then they built their, they took their loan and built their facility and people just flocked. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Making a note, stealing Mike's beer from a treehouse. Okay. All right. All right. right. Okay. Uh, Why don't you go next? next? What's your garage beer this week? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's nothing that fancy. Like I feel like I shouldn't even drink a beer now. Uh, No, you should. I um, I took it down to Akron and I went to uh, got it from uh, Twelve Dogs. It's I I tried to avoid doing this until closer to 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 the holiday, but I got the Twelve Dogs Christmas oh, ale. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, from Giant Eagle, and it's 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 amazing. It's my favorite Christmas ale. You know, Great Lakes is good, but uh, this is my favorite Christmas ale of the of the Christmas ales. I, I guess uh, it's so good. It's delicious. It's, it's, you know, again, I, in case, you know, Mike, Mike has a trend of liking juicy beers. I like my beers very subtle. You know, I like the flavor of my beers, but I like them, you know, not overwhelming in one flavor, like how like a lot of IPAs, you know, I don't like because a lot of them I find bitter, but uh, you know, but if it has real subtle, subtle flavoring, you know, this Christmas ale is brewed with honey and spices and it's just, it's just so well balanced. It's so nice. So 12 dogs, Christmas ale, brewed with honey and spices. That's my beer. Oh, I think, I think 12 dogs. And first of all, number one, especially in this year of 2020, F you and your feelings if you don't like Christmas stuff at this point. <laughs> yeah. Let's bust out the I, – I put up the Christmas lights in the yard this year. I got my tree uh, Already. My Christmas lights are up. My Christmas decorations are getting put out. I wanted mm-hmm. to do it two weeks ago. But it's been busy, yeah. and I just haven't gotten lights, to it. Do you use your, light, your lights all, all the way up the tree this time? I, you know what? I got as high as I could go, man. I can't. How high do you want me to get up enough, on that tree? Not good enough. <laughs> He's got this tree, this like incredibly medium-sized tree in his front yard, and he only goes about, I don't know, 40% of the way up? I'm not 32 feet tall. Like, how high do you want me to get up in that thing? Bullshit. Just <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. My, my Christmas decorations would have already been up already, but we have to get all new Christmas decorations because why? It's full of mouse shit. I have mouse oh, problems like everywhere. Yeah. Looking in the boxes, it's just yeah. But you know, what? get new trees, new lights, new everything. Here's the thing, because a lot of people are like, you know, because because like on Sirius XM, Christmas music starting to play, and like people are getting their decorations up and talking about Christmas and you're starting to see the Christmas shopping stuff and all that. And I've seen so many people that are like, you can't do that until after Thanksgiving. And I, I've realized something to me, I don't know about you guys, but to me, Thanksgiving is part of like the Christmas season. It's like the holiday season. Sure. So sure. like you want to decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving, go for it. It's all like the holiday season. For me, it's like all fair game once Halloween ends. It's like, all right, let's get into the holidays. Yeah, it's nothing. It has nothing to do with the holidays. It just has to do with the weather. People that people don't want to, you know, no, I'm not ready for Christmas because it's snow. It's not that they hate that Christmas is coming. No, it's it's like, oh god, oh snow again. I forgot how to drive in the snow. Well, yeah, you know whatever. what? F those people too. <laughs> this is the only time of the year where snow is fun. Right? right, holidays. Right. It's snowy. It's beautiful. We haven't seen it in a while. It's kind of nice. Right. right. Hit me with the snow complaints in May, please. Right. Right. Save your snow yeah. complaints for April oh. and May. Oh, I mean, after New Year's, it can fuck off. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly that's, right. That's really after New Year's, the snow can fuck off. But you know, holiday season, you know, it's perfect. 
I like Chad. You and I had some feelings on that. Joe just had no feelings. Just, yeah. <laughs> I was like, feeling, I totally know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. There know. hasn't been, uh, at least in the areas of Tennessee that I've lived in the past couple of years, it's been two straight years without like a measurable accumulation on the ground, which is yeah. pretty crazy. And we, I've had years down here where like you'll have like I a remember. snow that'll. Yeah, yeah. You you had a year down here where it snowed real good, like pretty decent actually. Even for the South, and the South just it works oh, it differently. Crazy because snow. There's no there's no equipment down here, so like it, I, the city does literally shut down when it snows because they don't have the capabilities of cleaning off the roads. Here. Oh, it's disastrous. I've said that to people forever because it'll snow in like Atlanta, and it'll be like an inch and a half of snow, and the city will shut down. Or Dallas will get like. like- a little bit of ice and the city will shut down and people up here are like, Oh God. And I'm like, no, for real. No, it's bad. For real. Like if you're in Nashville and there's two inches of snow, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. Any form of accumulation. Like if they are calling for snow the night before, like school work canceled the next day, like they don't even mess around with it. Cause it's just, (laughs) no one can drive on it and no one can get the roads clear. And, uh, it's bad. You don't understand what this, like the treatment of the roads actually does too. like two inches of snow on an untreated road. It is hazardous to drive. Like it is difficult to drive on that. Uh, So yeah. Uh, But yeah, that's all right. Cool. Christmas, Christmas beer making uh, and 12 dogs, a really Christmas beer. Nonetheless, uh, making an appearance. So Joe uh, down in Nashville, what's your garage beer this week? Yeah. You know, first of all, speaking of Christmas beers though, uh northeast ohioans don't know i hope they know but they probably don't know how good they have it with christmas beers um because if you go i don't know if other areas of the country are like this but as far as like nashville and probably most of the south is concerned um christmas ales are not a type of beer down here or if they are they are not anything near great lakes or 12 dogs or uh southern tier uh so enjoy those christmas beers because i literally bring cases down every time i go up to cleveland but guess what um, we'll bring you some hell yeah uh okay i got tennessee brew works i think i've done one from them before i think so too um this one's called hippies and cowboys um it's uh it's an ipa it's like a tropical citrus ipa right up my alley i'm supposed to satisfy any cowboy or any hippie um i don't think they needed a beer to specifically market to both types of people but here we are um it's pretty like pretty deep <laughs> color for a tropical citrusy ipa it's pretty good it's nice and hoppy um we're, we're enjoying it right now for sure awesome so enjoying one from tennessee brew works uh so again tennessee brew works we've got uh, thirsty dog and the the one and only Treehouse Brewery. Twelve dogs. Twelve dogs. Or, yeah, twelve dogs. I'm oh, so used hey, to. Hey, I'm hey, so hey, used. Hey. I'm so used. No, what? Ah. It's twelve dogs of Christmas by Thirsty Dog Brewery, <laughs> dumbass. Oh, I thought you were just trying to plug your beer again. Oh, no, I know. I was just. God. I was just messing. I was just messing with Mike. <laughs> yeah, you dumbass. Uh, those are our garage beers of the week uh get online go to at the garage beers on our social media pages share with us your garage beers this week what you're drinking and is it too early for christmas beers you let us know but uh from all of us here cheers to you guys cheers to the listeners now let's get in to the big news of the night joey's got a sound clip for us because some action has happened and Here's been the biggest action of the night so far. 
With the fifth pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Isaac Okoro from Auburn University. So the Cavaliers, 2020 NBA Draft, one of the weirdest drafts that I can remember because there's literally been no buildup to this. Zero buildup. Like the NFL, there was all kinds of buildup, even though it was going to be the virtual draft and all that. This, maybe it's because the NBA season just ended. Uh, you know, we just got done with the bubble just a couple weeks ago. Uh, but no buildup. But the NBA draft is on. And the Cleveland Cavaliers with the fifth pick, lots of rumors swirling about the Cavaliers, what they were going to do, were they going to stay there, were they going to make a pick, lots of trade rumors. Uh, in the end, the Cavaliers stick at number five, and they take the shooting or, or the small forward uh, out of Auburn, Isaac Okoro, uh, and this dude is an athlete, like just a, a plain and simple, uh, pure athlete. Uh, a guy, I have to tell you, a guy like this, and again, one of the younger players in the draft, he only played his one year. He was a freshman in Auburn, lit it up as a freshman in Auburn, uh, second team All-SEC as a freshman, which is pretty impressive, uh, uh, and and then gets drafted fifth overall. I am cautiously optimistic, but yeah, I'm a little this. nervous about this pick. Love this kid. Love him. Yeah. Love him. Yeah, uh, because Jay Billis loves him. Uh, Anybody, anybody who Jay Billis loves, uh, I'm going to love as well. No, I mean, I I have no idea. You know, you you never know with these one and done kids, but it, uh, but as far as the intangibles that he's coming in with, it's definitely going to help the Cavs. I mean, we have 742 point guards and shooting guards. We have 800, (laughs) we have 822 power forwards and, and centers. So, uh, but we are very light on the wings and that's exactly where the Cavs needed help. Um, so, and, and I think this kid is going to bring some much needed defense in a league that, uh, you know, let's face it, doesn't really, doesn't really, you know, play a, a great amount of defense. You know, it's, it's more about offense. So I, you know, this kid is going to be able to uh, defend anybody on the floor and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's, it's definitely a wait and see. I mean, those are the positives. Uh, you know, he, he's not a great shooter, but no. that's something that's something that can be developed. So we'll see, we'll see. what makes yeah. you nervous, Mike. I mean, a, a freak athlete is is wonderful. Like this dude is uh, and we're going to get into this, too, because we, there's a little more Cavs news. It's not quite as fun, uh, but it's another freak athlete on the, out on the floor for the Cavs, uh, assuming uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be around. Um, uh, so that's good. Uh, again, the, he's he's regarded as the best defensive player in the draft, um, and and it, they're saying he can guard any position out on the court. So uh, if he gets switched out onto a point guard, he'll be able to stick with a point guard. Uh, and if he gets switched down onto a center, he he isn't going to get bodied up by the center. Um, so the defensive part has me excited. The athleticism has me excited. Uh, but he's the number five pick in the draft. So you've got to be a multi-tool, multi-faceted player. You can't just be a guy that plays pretty good defense and dunks at, at, at the number five pick. You've got to be able to. Now he did. He scored about 13 points per game for Auburn, and Auburn was really, really good this year, if you'll remember. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so Final four team in the last tournament, weren't they? Or Elite yes. Eight or Final Four? Yeah. So okay. I, I, uh, 
I'm excited about a lot with him. I'm excited about the potential that he's he's really good on a lot of the things that some people that that a lot of players aren't good at with their defense and all that. Uh, but man, he he really struggles shooting the ball. Uh, yeah. He was what like a twenty point three point shooter or a twenty percent yeah. three point shooter. Um, uh-huh. You know, I've looked around a little bit to get some comparisons. You know, which never matter, right? Right. But mm-hmm. uh, the one NBA uh, player comparison that keeps getting thrown out with this kid is uh, like young Karan Butler, uh, but more yeah. athletic. Uh, yeah. And if that is true, if he's a more athletic Karan Butler, this is a great pick at number five. It's a great pick. Yeah, I've seen him and I've seen Justice Winslow. So, I mean, that's a solid player. Yeah, That's definitely a solid NBA player. And like, you know, I know I joked about Jay Billis earlier, but he said, I mean, he said, really, this guy has all of the tools uh, except for a jump shot. If he can develop a jump shot, this, he, he says this kid's going to be a stud. So, but, you know, we'll see if Coach Bickerstaff and, and company can uh, develop his, his shooting and, and hopefully it works out in our favor. Here's hoping. It's, it's, a, it's an underwhelming draft, isn't it? You know, that's the other thing is that there's just not those. And maybe it's due to the lack of, you know, uh, March Madness gets canceled and so many players make their name in March Madness or kind of make that final push for the draft in March Madness and that gets people excited for the draft with that being canceled. But, you know, just looking, uh, just to kind of recap where we're at right now as we talk, New Orleans is on the clock with the 13th pick. They just traded – uh, one of their star players up to Milwaukee. So we'll see what they do. Uh, but yeah. Anthony Edwards shooting guard from Georgia goes number one overall. Um, the kid is a good player. It's just, it's a weird draft in that is yeah. Anthony Edwards, your stereotypical number one overall draft pick. I don't know. I don't think so no. though. I don't, I don't, I don't know that he's that guaranteed star that you're looking for at number one. No, there wasn't a, there wasn't a slam dunk. <laughs> Pun intended. There wasn't a sl- there hey, wasn't a slam oh. there wasn't a slam dunk number one like can't miss pick yeah uh, in, in this draft so it was just there was a lot of pieces there was a lot of like you know definitely guys who are going to be solid NBA players who have the potential to be stars but it it, it wasn't it wasn't a uh, there there definitely wasn't a guy who was the consensus number one guy so notable picks Anthony Edwards goes number one to the Timberwolves. The Warriors, uh, number two overall, they got bad news today as Clay Thompson has a leg injury and they fear that it's a substantial leg injury. Uh, mm-hmm. But James Wiseman goes number two to the Warriors. That was pretty much everybody was was thinking that was going to happen. LaMelo Ball, uh, the one guy that I was like, I think this guy could actually be a superstar, was yeah. LaMelo Ball. He goes off the board to the Hornets. That'll be fun. Lots of people making jokes about uh, – LeVar Ball and Michael Jordan having to coexist because if you'll remember LeVar Ball at one time was like, I could take Jordan one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be fun. I hope they actually play. Uh, the first surprise of the draft with Patrick Williams going to the Bulls at number four right before the Cavs. And then the Cavs mm-hmm. take Isaac Okoro. And then just other uh, OB Toppin from Dayton uh, goes eighth overall to the Knicks. Um, yeah, just not a lot of other big-time star power tight players here so you know the Cavs and Browns are battling for SEC favorites uh who likes the SEC more the Cavs or the Browns right uh the last yeah. three first overall pick for the Cavs Colin Sexton from Alabama uh Darius Garland from uh Vanderbilt yeah and now 
uh, Auburn with Isaac Okoro. Uh, so uh, SEC heavy for the Cavs in the first round uh, with these picks. But, yeah, it's interesting. Hopefully this guy comes uh, – can be a – you're looking at Sexton and Garland and Okoro and, and a really young backcourt with a mm-hmm. seasoned veteran frontcourt. That could be an interesting matchup because you still have Kevin Love. Uh, Andre yeah. Drummond exercised his option. So Drummond is going to be a Cavalier this year. You still have Tristan Thompson. Uh, so, uh, can he, we, wait, we, we do have, I thought he was a free agent. Did he go anywhere? I don't know. See, I thought he was staying. I don't remember. Yeah, I think, I think you, well, I think free agency starts like November 22nd, like in an, in the next couple of days, but you know, but, but still, even if, even if you don't have Tristan, you still have Kevin Love and Andre yeah. Drummond. So uh, it's still a loaded. It is. Yeah. I don't know why. Loaded front court. I thought Tristan Thompson had one more year, but he's a free agent. So Tristan Thompson is probably gone. Uh, so, yeah, you're looking at, you know, your starters are going to be Andre Drummond and Kevin Love. That's, that is okay in and of itself. That's nice. Uh, and, and Colin Sexton seems to get better. It seems to be getting better every year. So oh, his, his development is nice. That dude went on a stretch where he, of like, it wasn't even a small stretch. It was like a 30-game stretch where he was averaging like 35 points a game this year. Like, <laughs> right. the guy's a right. scorer. Uh, right. Darius Garland's got to show something in his second year. Uh, uh-huh. Again, uh, we're going to get to this in a minute, but Kevin Porter Jr. got a lot of people really excited. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of reasons to be excited about him, uh, except for one yeah. that we'll get into in a minute. Uh, right. And then and then from Nashville down there, Joe, from your alma mater, uh, one guy that people are super, super excited about. Uh, but Dylan Windler uh, didn't play last year because of that injury. Uh, everybody with the Cavs is talking about him. Uh, with such high regard uh, as he's going to be the sharpshooter on the team. Uh, he'll get major playing time. So there's an interesting mix going on with the Cavs, but it, it, it feels like a little mumble, like a, a just a kind of a jumbled mess right now of players, but it could turn into something interesting. And it, it, I think a lot of it will depend on how well Kevin Love and Andre Drummond can perform in that front court to let those backcourt players develop. Yeah, that's what you – and that's what you want, like when you're a young – uh, NBA team and developing NBA team is you want, you know, a good young talent, but you need those couple of veterans uh, around to, to keep that young talent at bay, to, to be able to teach and help that young talent along. And that's exactly what Kevin Love and Andre Drummond can do. Uh, so it, it's, you know, there's a lot to be cautious. Like, as you said, my cautiously optimistic about, but um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Again, we'll, we'll see, we'll see, you know, and, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, you know, you mentioned Kevin Porter Jr. Well, well, you know, we'll talk about his news and, the, you know, the news on him in a minute. But there was a, there's a lot to be from his from his game standpoint. You could tell last year, man, that guy is a potential perennial all star. Uh, oh, of course, his, his game is is, you know, the way I measure, you know, I I, I make no uh, <laughs> I, I de- it's definitely not a, a a secret. I'm not a big NBA guy, but I've definitely worked enough games to be able to, you know, have a conversation and notice when someone is, you know, h- his game is elevated. And that's exactly what, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. came in. You know, Colin Sexton is good. Darius Garland has shown flashes, but, you know, Kevin Porter Jr. seems to be able to do it all, especially on the offensive end. Uh, listen, I think, I think once Bickerstaff, J.B. Bickerstaff took over, uh, the team found something and they were playing well. Yeah. I think uh, Darius Garland was a disappointment in his first year. He didn't show a whole heck of a lot. 
mm-hmm. so he really has to, there has to be a breakout his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. You got Sexton going into his third year. Uh, that guy was, that guy was a scoring stud uh, yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you've got a lot. You don't have much depth. So it'll be interesting to see what the Cavs do in free agency because they mm-hmm. are going to lose some players. So they're going to have to bring some players in. Uh, but I think, uh, I think the Cavs could be real interesting. They've got a ton of athleticism. They've got a ton of speed. Right. And then that, again, I think, I think if you were just to put Andre Drummond and Kevin Love in a front court together on another team somewhere, you'd be like, oh, that's a really good front court. Like that's, yeah. mm-hmm. that's a good center power forward matchup. Uh, so, you know, I, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's going to sneak up on us just like the draft did. Uh, you know, we're so focused on uh, college football and the NFL and all this other stuff going on, but the NBA is going to be here before you know it. And, uh, and I think the cast could be really fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to be, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and if anybody who knows, you know, anything about Dan Gilbert as someone who works in that organization, Dan does not like to stay bad for long. No. So uh, it, it's going to be, you know, from a free agent standpoint, I, I'm not sure who's out there. I haven't, you know, I haven't seen the list or anything, but uh, you know, he's not afraid to spend the money that he needs to, to, to become a, a sort of contender. And, you know, right now it just seems like the pieces are in place for this Cavs team to be a contender if they can add just maybe like one or two more. So, yeah, I, I think it's it, I think it's going to be a, a, a good, young, exciting team to watch this year. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be a contender contender, but they should be a playoff contender. They, sh- they, they well, shouldn't yeah, be they, a very fun yeah. team to play for pretty much anybody. So, uh, yeah, that's that. I guess I should have clarified. Yeah, a playoff contender, not, not a championship contender. <laughs> yeah, so again, Isaac Okoro. The Cavs draft pick, number five overall in the 2020 draft from Auburn, 6'6", small forward, explosive as all hell. Dude can jump out of the gym, uh, monster dunk guy. Uh, he's got some work to do on his jump shot, but uh, a, a big-time defensive player and a super athletic player. So he will be joining the Wine and Gold at Rocket Morgan Fieldhouse this season, whenever the hell that starts. And uh, December and yeah, 22nd, Mike. December twenty second. December twenty second. It's 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 kind of fun to have a little cab stock, to be honest. Uh, after <laughs> after uh, you know the Indians and their season wrapped up. After uh, and you know we haven't seen the Cavs. Think about that. You know you normally get done with the Cavs if they don't make the playoffs. You're done with the Cavs in April. Yeah. And then you're you're talking about the draft in the summer, and then they're getting going in October. Uh, and we haven't seen the Cavs since the beginning of March. Right. And you're not going to see them until that's a long time without the Cavs season. So it's going to be fun to have them back, have a little Cavaliers basketball, get our buddy, Tim Alcorn on the radio, get him pulled up on the radio broadcast, listening to some games from the Joe Tate per, uh, so this actually, let's get him on the show. Oh, he will be back on the show to the Cavs season for sure. But as much as this Mm -hmm. draft snuck up on me, I have to tell you, I'm all of a sudden very excited. Like, let's go. It's Cavs basketball. Like, even, I don't care whether they're going to be a championship contender. It's just been so long since we've seen them. It's going to be great to see them back out on their, uh, out there on the court again. Yeah, yeah. I would also like to go back to work. That would be nice. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you need to go back down there and, and, and be the videographer for some of those games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
All right, boys, let's switch gears. Uh, let's get over into the Cleveland Browns. The actually, six- actually, actually, one more thing. I just thought of something. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, do you guys think, like, I know the one and done, last basketball question, but do you think the one and done rule has helped college basketball or hurt no. college basketball? I was just saying the same thing. I'm going to say it hurt it. And I'm just going to say, so? I think, um, okay. I literally was sitting here thinking about it because you're just kind of like grooving. Um, but okay. <laughs> um, does, cause I was thinking of like, okay, so you have the next draft. So the 2021 draft that mm-hmm. is going to see potentially, um, a minimal, uh, definitely reduced, uh, season for college athletes. There's probably not going to be March Madness. They're not going to bubble college athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so does that like just destroy that draft? Like, like you're you're not getting like the full picture of these athletes. And on the flip side, is there any type of like development things that scouts miss um, because you have these one and done players, like? Like for maybe those certain players that are good and might declare after their first year, but could possibly get a higher pick if they waited a couple extra years. Like, is that just, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with it, but is it like just for the health of the players or like, I just feel like you're missing out on like some key development time um, in college for some of these players. Yeah. I think I, I to go to Chad's original question, I think uh, I think the one and done rule is the dumbest thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 I think it's the dumbest thing in sports because you've seen over and over and over again that high school players right out of high school can come into the NBA and succeed. You've yeah. seen it over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, you, if, even if you take LeBron James out of the picture, right? You've seen good players come his yeah. teammate forever. Another NBA champion, J.R. Smith, straight out of high school. Yeah. Had yeah. a great career. Uh, yeah. I mean, like – Kevin it, Garnett, Kobe Bryant. These aren't – you know, I understand. I think the NFL needs it. I don't think you can take a kid out of the high school and put him in the NFL. I think you're asking for injuries. They oh, need yeah. To, yeah. They need to grow into their bodies. They need to be able to take that beating and that contact. In the NBA, though, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, it's more of a physical game than maybe people give it credit for. But, like, you can come out of high school and play in the NBA. Like, absolutely. If you're good enough. If you're good enough, here's the thing. If you're good enough to go play one year at Kentucky, you're good enough to just go to the NBA. It's a stupid (laughs) rule. They thought it was going to bring these star players to college. But in reality, what's happening, to, to Joe's point where he thinks it's bad for college basketball, I agree. Because what's happening is you've got these schools. You know these kids are going to be one and done players. You know they're going to be one and done players. But you've got yeah. these schools that have to have to put so much of their focus in their recruiting process, trying to land these kids because they're the best available players, that colleges are forced to spend time recruiting these one-and-done players. They go in, they're done, and that college is left scrambling for more, you know, having to bring in more star players. Yeah. Whereas if you let those big-time star players just go from high school to the pros – Colleges can focus more on maybe building their programs around some players. I think it's better for college basketball. 
let me let me let me uh i mean and this is pure speculation and i don't i don't know how outrageous this is like i said you know i'm an nhl guy i'm not a basketball guy but like do you think that also uh plays a part in this that could also possibly play a part in a lot of these college scandals that are coming to light like do you think these schools are are like feel so pressured these programs these high profile programs feel so pressured to get these one and done kids to to maybe keep their jobs to maybe you know i don't know to 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 keep the program's statuses up yeah i again i think it's i think it was just a decision made by uh people who are concerned about the money making element of college basketball Right. I think it was I think it was a concession by the NBA to be like all right fine whatever you know make them go whatever we don't care. But yeah. it doesn't you know who gives a shit? Who gives it who's yeah. ever going to think who the hell is ever going to think about Zion Williamson at Duke? Right. Nobody. Right. No. No, and Nobody. That's, and that, and that's why I was thinking that I mean and that's kind of part of what made me think like okay like did Rick Patino feel so pressured at Louisville to get these kids and, and, and to get a winner that he was like, yeah, here's hookers and pizza. Like, go ahead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 it's funny, but I don't think you're like wrong necessarily. Oh my God. It is the most winning of all winning combinations. <laughs> like hookers and pizza. Boom. Every guy listening to this podcast is like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You talking about yeah. the old H and P? Yeah, the old H and P. It's a it's a winning combination. It's a winning combination. Yeah, I, I uh, you know I'm I'm watching this tonight, and Isaac Okoro, a one and done. Right, yeah. he played one year at Auburn and is out. And and I don't know that Isaac Okoro would have been uh, like a lottery pick out of high school. So you know, for him, maybe going to college was was good. But like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it was a decision made by a group of old dudes that wanted colleges to make more money by having forcing a guy like Zion Williamson last year to attend Duke, forcing a guy like, you know, Kyrie Irving played what 13 games at Duke had an injury and still went number one overall. Like who gives a shit? Like, why did he have to do that? Uh, So I've always hated that rule. I think it's stupid. I I, I don't think it matters. And I think they will eventually get rid of it because uh, Joe, I do think you're right. I think, I think the one and dones are not doing as well for these colleges as people thought. Uh, uh, but as of right now, it's still a thing. And it, I don't know. I think it's dumb. But anyways, uh, other NBA news, uh, real quick to the Browns, other NBA news, other Cavs news. We got to get back to Kevin Porter Jr. for a minute because that dude has been in the news this week. It's not hey. great news. Um, hey. And it keeps piling on, doesn't it? It uh, sure does. So news first broke that uh, Kevin Porter Jr. was um, arrested for a gun charge. Uh, Then word broke that he got arrested after a car accident, and in his car they found the gun, uh, which was not a legally owned gun, and they found um, some weed, which who gives a shit about that? If you pull over any NBA player, you're going to find weed in the car. Who cares? Just the make it legal everywhere for Christ's yeah, right. sake. The fact that that's a thing is the most ridiculous, stupid thing yeah. ever. But whatever, they found weed in the car, uh, which nobody cares about. Uh, and then word breaks that uh, earlier, uh, Mr. Porter Jr. was downtown, and it is alleged 
Now, uh, we'll see what comes of it. I don't want to be that guy. So let me start by saying this. I don't want to be the guy that's like, no, 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 no. But like, we'll see what comes of it. But it is alleged that uh, Kevin Porter Jr. punched a woman in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is the uh, oh shit moment. Right. Do you think that this correlated at all with the uh, curfew that they just implemented in Cuyahoga <laughs> County? I don't, no. I don't think that I don't think that correlated. Yeah, like it, they're like, oh my happen. god, shit, we got cast players going down. Like, let's just no, was... <laughs> yeah. well, stop going well, out. Everybody, stay home, please. Well, you know, you know the old saying that like nothing good happens after midnight. Like, like he was in Youngstown. Like nothing good happens after like seven thirty p.m. in Youngstown. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, what what are you doing there? Well, that Kevin Porter is it is a it is such a gut punch, and uh, you know that's a guy that oh, Cavs fans are so excited about. Yeah, but if it comes out, have- if it comes out that there's you know, and again we're not making judgments on it one way or the other. Sure. But if it comes out that he punched a woman in the face, uh, yeah. and and that is substantiated, uh, we got a problem. Like yeah. this yeah. isn't we've had, we've seen players with guns and okay. It, it comes and goes and, and, and whatever that gets passed. We've Gilbert seen, Arenas. Hi. We've seen a thousand players get busted with weed, whatever. Nobody will care about that. Nobody should care about that. Well, unless uh, you're Greg Robinson and you have a whole van full of it. Right. Yeah. If you unless have you go- seven <laughs> kilotons of weed, then we've got some <laughs> larger issues. Yeah. <laughs> unless you go all weird, unless you go all weird, the Millers like Greg Robinson. They call him El Guapo. Uh, <laughs> but like the punching the woman in the face thing, that isn't going to fly. It ain't going to fly. It shouldn't fly. It, it, it's you know, look at look at a guy like Kareem Hunt, right? Where he like, yeah. where he like shoved a woman. You can call it a kick. It was you can say it was a kick. Fine. Uh, but he laid he laid some his body on a woman in some physical form. Yeah, to push her like down. a punch yeah. in the face. No go, man. That is that is a no go. Did he have and he had off the court issues coming out of college, right? He did. Didn't he? But you were hoping that you know this kid's got his chance now, so you know you hope he makes the most of it. But like this this Kevin Porter love fest in Cleveland could come to a crashing halt because if it comes out on the same like night weekend, this guy gets arrested with the drug charge, the who gives a shit about the weed charge and he punches a woman in the face. Like the, the Cavs are going to get called on to make a statement with him and that could mean Uh cutting him. Yeah. And Uh that sucks because he was so good. Yeah. But, Uh but you gotta, you gotta get right on the, you've got to be as right off the court as you are on the court. And uh, it's been a bad week uh, for Kevin Porter jr. And there's potential that it gets worse. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you just wonder where some of these guys are mentally, uh, you, you know, because like I don't know. Take Josh Gordon. You know, you you have it made. You have like you know you know million dollar talent with a ten cent head. You you, you know what I mean? It, it's just if you make it and and you have all that talent in the world, like Kevin Porter Jr. and Josh Gordon, you have one job, well, two jobs. Okay. Uh, uh, just develop your game. Be be the elite per, uh, athlete that you are, and and two, don't be a moron. I and you and you are set for life. I think you there's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot that comes into it. I think there's 
uh, I think, you know, Josh Gordon, especially, I don't know about Kevin Porter Jr., but Josh Gordon, especially, I think there's mental health issues. Uh, I think he's got mental issues. I think uh, on top of that, he's ungodly talented, yeah. like Kevin Porter Jr. And then okay. number three, number three, though, and then you are you walk on clouds. I mean, you literally, when you're uh, as gifted of a professional athlete as some of these guys are, you don't think anything is ever going to touch you. It is, it is, it is a superiority complex. It is, it is thinking that you are infallible, invincible, and that you can get out of anything because a lot of these guys have been bailed out of other things before. Yeah. And when but, you add okay. all that together, you know, I think, I think it's real easy, Chad. I think it's real easy for guys like us who we, we got to work we got to work to make a living. Uh, we got to work to support our families. Um, and not that those guys don't have to work, but it's real easy for us to look at those guys who make millions and millions of dollars and go, all you have to do is this. But when you add all that stuff in, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that works against that. Do you, do you think it's because they get in? Like, like take someone who's maybe, I, I don't know, I, I can't think of anybody offhand, but like take someone who has had trouble before they get to the pros. It, like it, 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 you don't think like getting to the pros, like may like they've learned their lesson by the time they get to the pros. Like if they've no. gotten in trouble before they get to the pros. No, no. And I think part of the other reason is the, I think, I think a lot of something that a lot of people don't talk about. I think especially in college basketball and college football. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely toxic. I think the college basketball and college football atmosphere is about as toxic as it, as it can be for these young guys because, because they're not allowed to get paid mm-hmm. and because schools have to do things behind the scenes okay. to A, recruit these players, yeah. B, keep them eligible – I think there's a lot of shit that goes on that sweeps things oh. under the rugs for them that that makes problems disappear for them. I think yeah. I think classwork gets done for a lot of players. I think problems are made to disappear by players. Uh, you can look at the Jameis Winston thing. I will never forget the sheriff of that county down in Tallahassee when Jameis was accused of about 10 Stealing different things legs. All, <laughs> 10 different things all at one time. And the sheriff of the county was like, well, he's the quarterback of Florida State. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not going to do anything to him. I think it's a toxic atmosphere that in order to get these players into these programs in college, they have to sweep all this stuff under the rug. And what it does is, again, it creates this complex with these players that problems just disappear. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, a college basketball is, is definitely probably the most corrupt uh, sport in the United States, but uh, let me let me let me go this way with you then. Like, where is the line? Like, you, you know, like like you just said, you know, you just said, you know, who gives a shit about the weed charge with Kevin Porter Jr.? Josh Gordon really only got in trouble for weed, well, and, yeah, now it's sudden, and now all of a and now all of a sudden the NFL has lightened up their weed, so it's their their weed stance. So like, so I mean, Josh, I don't know. Josh should, Gordon should have never gotten in all that trouble. 
And the only yeah. down thing, the only bad thing you can say about Josh Gordon is, or any player that's had that done, is that you should have, if you, if you want to sit on your high horse and judge people, it, the thing you can say to somebody like Josh Gordon is, you should have known the rules of the league. Mm-hmm. And even though you think weed is fine, and even though this country is moving towards nobody giving a shit about anybody smoking weed, the rules of the league stated, you can't do this. And so if you want to sit on your high horse and say that you can, but like you draw, listen, you draw the line at different places. Like the gun charge is serious enough. That's, that's serious. Uh, like having a, 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 a weapon you shouldn't have. Uh, the punching a woman in the face thing. That's a big deal. That's a real big deal. Yeah. And the line that's way over the line. So I don't know if we're going to see, we're going to see, but it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those goddamn things where it's like, of course, we've got this, we've got this insanely promising young player. Uh, again, just to, just on a basketball level, I hope, I hope his life gets figured out. Uh, of course, that always comes first. But on a basketball yeah. level, we talk sports here on a basketball level. Of course, of course, we got this, this shiny, amazing talent, uh, this really good player that the fans have fallen in love with. Yeah. And he's and he's and he's got to be in the news. He's got to be in the news. Like we can't just have a guy not in the news. <laughs> like, That's, Cleveland, we can't have nice things in Cleveland, Mike. We can't. <laughs> everybody just needs to be Nick freaking Chubb. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move to the Browns. Uh, so, uh, Browns, Texans in the Hurricane Bowl. Uh, it was crazy here. Uh, on Sunday, the wind was going crazy. But before we get into this game, because we all know how it turned out, Browns beat the ten to seven uh, in a in a low scoring affair. Um, I, I want to play a clip. And Joe, I don't know if you're still sharing the computer audio. I don't see it. There it is. I want to play a clip from last week's podcast. We were talking to Cecil Shorts about this matchup, and Joe is turning into our own. Joe, you're turning into our own like Nostradamus. Uh, you were phenomenal with our NBA draft, uh, the mock dra- or the NFL, NFL. Draft, the NFL mock draft that we did. You called some things that I did not think were going to be right, and you nailed them, Justin Herbert. Uh, and then you said something in last week's podcast. Well, you know what? Go ahead and play it. And yeah, we'll talk. Let me just, yeah, I'll go ahead and play it real quick. A message from the king. A message from the king. Sorry. What was that? Uh, It was just. I just have to play that before I just play any clip of myself. It's a contractual obligation there. Okay, fair, fair. You play the clip now, then, or it is uh, very so reliant and built on the run, Um, and uh, their tight end sets. I I don't think that we need this like great. the Messiah of a quarterback to be coming out of uh, uh, the Browns organization. I think that Baker fills his role very well. Um, and you're going to have those games where he throws for 146 yards, but we might have 230 yards of rushing to back him up behind it. Yeah. Um, so while the stat sheet isn't always like eye popping, I think he fits the role of the team, um, but he's not going to put up Aaron Roger numbers or no. uh, uh, Kyler Murray numbers or Deshaun. Okay, so would you say he was going to 
have like 147 yards passing in the 146 yards rushing. passing. I don't know where I got the 46. That was random. Uh, 146 yards passing, 230 yards of rushing. Here's what <laughs> happened. <laughs> the problem, <laughs> Mr. Thomas, Baker Mayfield, last week against the Texans, just mere days after we record this, throws for 132 yards. <laughs> Not quite the I was pretty far off on that one. That Not was uh, six. What is that? 14 yards off. Yeah. yeah, 14 yards off. And then you say <laughs> that, the, <laughs> but they'll run for 230 yards. How many yards did the Browns run for on Sunday against the Texans? 231. <laughs> what? Here's Brian. Joey, don't call me Brown Stradamus Whalen. It's his name's Joe Stradamus. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. At your service. There you go. You're uh, once a week, sometimes twice a week, you know? You know, it's funny. I didn't even remember. And I, it's, it's been a crazy week for me. So I haven't even had a chance to listen to the podcast. Uh, so I got a chance to listen while I was putting the Christmas lights up on the trees outside today. And you said that, Joe. And I was like, wait a minute. Holy shit. Wait a minute. And I went and looked at the stats from the game. And you couldn't have been more spot on. You, like, I didn't even remember that. And you know, it's funny too. Um, I will, I will, to my detrimental credit, I do like. I'm either dead on or <laughs> just dead as wrong. You know, I've, I've had a couple of like, score predictions this year that have just been nowhere near um, what has actually happened. I think, as far as like our like season pickums, I'm only like one or two games that I've had wrong yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, but there's 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 as much bad as there is good sometimes, you know. Well, I didn't listen. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I trap game what, for sure. I don't remember what we all picked for the Texans. Hasn't happened yet. Trap Hasn't game, happened Jesus yet. <laughs> I don't remember what we all picked for the Texans, but I know Joe, you and me and uh, Cameron were all uh, pretty close. We all had the the uh, proper win loss. Uh, record at the break, Chad. You were six yep. and six and two. We all had five and three. Right. Um, but this was my my prediction was this was where the Browns were going to go on a run uh, in these. So uh, the game I was most nervous about was this last one against the Texans. And so uh, just to recap it a little bit, again, um, fifty mile an hour wind gusts at times. Uh, if you live in the Cleveland area or anywhere that really experienced that storm, <laughs> there are trees down. There's still trees down everywhere. I still got neighbors yeah. with power lines laying down. Uh-huh. Uh, power was going out. It was that was about as windy as I could remember. Uh, the wife and I went to Costco, and we were driving back, and there was a moment we were on Detroit Road out in Avon. There was a moment where I was like, "Oh shit, is there a tornado? Like, should we take cover? Yeah." is there a tornado happening right here? Like it, it was wind like I haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Uh, so the game gets postponed or not it felt like one in the stadium. Like it fit. It felt like one in the stadium. Uh, yeah. So Chad, I, I'm interested to talk more about that. Cause Chad, you were down on the sidelines for the game. Yeah. And it was crazy. So the game gets delayed. Uh-huh. And then uh, what are you saying, Joe? I'm saying that's sweet. I had to get on the sidelines. He was working. Yeah, man. You're yeah. working? Yeah. Yeah, I was working, man. That's yeah. incredible. Working working for Fox, doing the parabolic mic. And I was telling Mike, every football nice. fan, Joe, every football fan, Joe, needs to work do that job once just because it's so cool. Will you point I the mic anywhere? To. 
you point yeah. that mic anywhere. You can hear you can hear like audible calls. You can hear play calls. You can hear them talking shit to each other on the line. Do you like, get like you the raw like feed right to yeah. your? Oh guys. Yeah, and then the and then the board back in the truck takes whatever you know takes the audio yeah. that they feel like. You can um you can hear Mason Rudolph say racist things to Miles Garrett. Yeah, you can do that too. I was doing that. For Whoa, that. that's pretty fun. <laughs> that's pretty fun. Yeah, so so it was it was crazy. The game gets delayed by about a half hour, and then they get going. And uh, uh, Chad, you and I talked about this on the little recap we did Sunday night. But I feel like the Browns play the way the game goes. However, the Browns play on their first drive. So yeah. they the Browns end up marching down the field. Uh, they run into a third down and one situation. Uh, Baker goes under center. Treader snaps the ball as if Baker's in the shotgun. So the ball goes flailing backwards. Baker picks it up, and I think in a heady play, throws it out of bounds. He did not throw it past the line of scrimmage. Uh, The referees made a colossal error in the fact that Jarvis Landry was standing like he was running towards the sideline like five yards away from where the ball wound up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it shouldn't have been intentional grounding. But they called intentional grounding. I had that question, too, though, about that play. Uh, You know, so, you know, obviously the ball has to get back to the line of scrimmage, though. Like, are those – do, do, it does is it all of those things like does the ball does it have to be in the area of a receiver and get back to the line of scrimmage well no because you does, got screen passes that are oftentimes behind the line no of so the intentional grounding rule so you're asking specifically about the intentional grounding rule yeah uh-huh. so the intentional grounding rule the quarterback a has to be outside of the tackle box uh-huh. so that could either yeah. be back uh yeah. or it can be outside of the tackle box to the sides uh two uh, even if the quarterback is outside of the tackle box, he has to get the throw past the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So even if it's an intentional throw out of bounds, it has to get past the line of scrimmage. Okay. Uh, so what the referees were correctly saying was, even though he was out of the tackle box, his throw did not get past the line of scrimmage, which it didn't. Uh, no, it didn't. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It's called intentional grounding. And this is where I think it gets lost sometimes. It's an intentional play by the quarterback to get rid of the ball. So you'll see sometimes where, like, uh, a quarterback will, like, get hit and the ball will just kind of flail off of him, and they'll call intentional grounding. Like, that can't be intentional grounding. He got hit. He was trying to throw it somewhere else, and he got hit. Uh, For Baker, though, again, Jeffers Landry was clearly enough in the area that you could make a case that Baker was throwing it in his direction. And yeah. the referees totally effed that up. Like that, that should not have been intentional grounding. I don't think there was ever a discussion that Jarvis Landry was in the area. I think they just looked that the ball didn't go past the line of scrimmage and said, okay, forget it. It's intentional grounding. Yeah. And that's, and I guess that was my main question. Like I knew that I knew the two rules, like, you know, that he, he needed to be outside the tackle box ball had to get past the line of scrimmage. I just didn't know if Jarvis being in the area made a difference. Like if like, it does. like since he was, since he was in the area, that shouldn't have been intentional grounding? or the If fact you have that a receiver in the area, then none of those things matter because it shouldn't okay. be intentional grounding. Gotcha. If okay. there's a target in the area, it doesn't matter if it's past the line of scrimmage and it doesn't matter if you're in the tackle box if there's a receiver in the area. Gotcha. gotcha. So they missed it. But anyways, okay. that ruins, instead of it being a fourth and one, assuming that they wouldn't have picked up the, thir- the first down on third and one, instead of having a fourth and one where they were keeping the offense out there to go for it, they bring in Cody Parkey, he kicks a field goal, and it really set the tone for the rest of the game offensively, where the Browns were able to move the ball well enough 
Um, throwing the ball on Sunday was impossible. You could see it, you know, you can say what you want to about Baker, uh, but you could see it with uh, Deshaun Watson, who threw for 160 yards. So it's not like he had any kind of a good game. Um, it was very, very hard to throw the ball. And you saw that in intense and difficult conditions, the Cleveland Browns are built for that. Both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt rushed for more than 100 yards. Uh, and and frankly, they do it when when it's needed most. They were picking up – Kareem Hunt was picking up first downs on third and seven on a running play. Like yeah. they were just – between the offensive line getting their jobs done and then Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt getting done what they needed. It was a crazy game, uh, but the Browns did what they needed to do to win. The defense played well enough. Again, uh, credit goes to the 50-mile-an-hour wind gusts. That certainly helped the defense. Uh, But, yeah, it it wasn't pretty. But if it's not pretty, it should be fast. It was fast as shit. That game started a half hour late and got finished before other games that started at one o'clock. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 happy with it. Fine. Uh, that this was the game again in this stretch of three games between the Texans, the Eagles, and the uh, Jaguars. This was the one that I was nervous about, and you come away with a win. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about this too. Um, and you know, I don't I don't like using the weather as an excuse. Um, for any but, specific game because the other team is playing in the same but, weather as you are. But why though? Because I think the elements affect the game for both teams. Like I, well, I don't think I don't like that being the reason you lost or the reason you won. Okay, you know, like right. I don't like to blame a loss on the weather because the other team won in the weather. So why did you lose in sure. it? Sure. Um, but the defense, all weather aside, has given up twenty three points in the past two games, which is phenomenal. Um, And really what I think this game came down to was there was no turnovers. And aside from that one bad snap uh, where Baker ended up getting the intentional grounding, you didn't have those detrimental like, oh, we should have gotten that conversion and, uh, you know, Njoku dropped the ball or Harrison Bryant fumbled the ball or, you know, whatever happened versus Oakland didn't happen versus the Texans for whatever reason. Um, so I, I think that the Browns looked really good there. Um, and they did everything they needed to win. I don't think they like <laughs> the clear didn't blow away the Texans, um, <laughs> but they did shut down um, one of the uh, better quarterbacks in the game. Um, not necessarily one of the better offenses of the game, but when you got the song Deshaun Washington on your team, I mean, he can sling it with the best of them. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. That's what I said to Cecil Shorts last week. It, this is a team that doesn't have good weapons. Duke Johnson's your feature back. I'm going to say it. I, can I finally say this? Can we finally say this? Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson sucks. Whoa. Whoa. How dare you? I don't know why. How dare you? I don't know why we loved him as much as we did in Cleveland. Because he was the best because he was was the the best best player player on an 0 16 team. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was. No, he wasn't. Skill player. He sucks. He was our best offensive. He was our best offensive player on an 0 16 team. That's why people loved him. 
That's otherwise, fine. Okay. Otherwise, we wouldn't. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been saying nobody. Or otherwise, we wouldn't have been saying things like get Duke Johnson the ball more. <laughs> Duke Johnson's like a poor man's. He's like a poor man's Wendell Smallwood. Like he doesn't whatever. It's Duke Johnson. Like every once in a while, every once in a while, Duke Johnson will like make one nice play, and everybody's like, "Ooh, Duke Johnson." And then everybody seems to forget about the fact that when you hand him the ball, he will, if he's lucky, gain two yards. Like, Duke Johnson sucks. Hey, he's, hey, he gained, he gained 54 yards on 14 carries. Thanks, Mike. Okay? Yeah. Okay. He's a great cook. <laughs> Congrats to Duke. Is he a good cook? Oh, yeah. I used to follow him on Instagram, and, like, for, for a while, like, all of his, like, videos were just, like, He's like, yeah, that's what I'm making. This is my like pregame like meals. This is like what gets me through the week. And like he would just do like cooking videos. <laughs> They're oh, God, incredible. Right. Okay. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Fair. He's like a medium, medium rare filet and a yeah. uh, white <laughs> wine sauce. A white mm. wine sauce. Mm. He is he is a well fed back um, <laughs> in football and in the kitchen. Uh, not really in football, but certainly in the kitchen. Yeah, uh, only so- if the starter is down in football. Yeah, listen, even if David Johnson was saying, David Johnson's okay. Uh, Duke Johnson's not anything. Uh, uh, their, their wide receivers are nothing to write home about. Uh, okay, Will Fuller, uh, okay. He's okay. He's a great he, second wide receiver. Yeah, Will Fuller is a good number two wide receiver. Unfortunately for the Texans, he is their number one wide receiver because Bill O'Brien is a fucking idiot. But uh, yeah, there, there's not a lot. But at the same time, I know there's not a lot of super good talent on the Houston Texans, but their quarterback is super talented. Deshaun Watson is awesome. And it made me nervous as shit. And the defense stepped up. They played well. The, the defensive line played well. Sheldon Richardson played well. I think this was Larry Ogunjobi's best game. Yeah. I, personally, I think Larry Ogunjobi was everywhere. I think he played well. Miles Garrett obviously played well, got got in, was pressuring Deshaun Watson. I think the defensive backs were playing well. I think everybody basically played well in this game uh, defensively. Yeah. And, and, Joe, you know what? Uh, to your point, you brought up last week or two weeks ago against the Raiders. So they, they played two pretty good defensive games in a row. And a lot of people will point to the elements at Cleveland Brown Stadium during those games because that Raiders game was uh, a shitty weather game. And this Texans game was a shitty weather game. But you know what? It may be the momentum this defense needs to get a little confidence. Mm-hmm. It may be the momentum that Mac Wilson needs, that Sione Takitaki needs, B.J. Goodson, and, oh, God God knows, Andrew Sandejo. Like, it may be that, that the elements are going to help get these players some of the confidence they need to play a little bit better and to turn their game up a little bit. And if that happens, uh, again, here we are with the Browns with six wins, and I don't think they've played a, a great game yet. Well, I think this is – well, I think this like this last week was the defensive game that everybody expected against the Raiders last week. You yeah. know, you know, I, I know they only gave up 16 points against the Raiders, but the Raiders had two drives that turned into points that were over nine minutes long. Yeah. The defense couldn't get off the field on third down in that Raiders game. The defense in this – uh, this Houston game was able to get off the field. They were making plays. They were getting key sacks. 
They were they were making tackles for loss. They were getting to Deshaun Watson. They weren't getting to Derek Carr. So uh, you know, I I think you know I think you're right in the sense that like this Texans game especially was the game to give this defense some confidence. So you know, hopefully going forward, uh, you know they will they will they will especially Anderson Dale, God. <laughs> He's he's like uh, I, I think I got the analogy for Andrew Sandejo. Oh no, I can't wait. He's like uh, he's like Pedro Serrano uh, from Major League trying to hit, <laughs> trying to hit the curveball, but the curveball in this case is football and defense. Oh. <laughs> but in this case, in this case, unfortunately, the curveball is every pitch thrown in a game. Can Sandejo hit a fastball? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably better than he can play safety. Let's bring up our boy Ronnie Harrison again because oh. that is a an absolute just a, a, a the one of the larger steals I think the Browns have had in a trade in a long long mm-hmm. time. Yeah. That dude is a player and he's and he's becoming a leader on that defense and he's yeah. one of those safeties that I have been we haven't seen a safety like this with the Browns in this is a guy yeah. You've watched it. The problem is you've watched these safeties play for the Ravens and the Steelers all the time. This is a guy that comes up and makes plays at the line of scrimmage. He comes up and makes plays in the backfield. He makes Mm -hmm. plays in the defensive backfield. He makes plays everywhere. This dude is a stud. And all of a sudden, you look forward a little bit. And again, you don't want to look past this year right now because we're in it. But you look forward to Grant Delpit and Ronnie Harrison being your two starting safeties, uh, things are looking pretty good there for the defensive backfield of the Browns. Yeah, and I think (laughs) Ronnie's exciting. I mean, in a year where, like, the people that you were excited for development-wise in this defense either didn't show up or were out because of injury, you know, you had those players that you had those high expectations for, like Miles Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, uh, Denzel Ward. But to have someone like Ronnie Harrison where, like, you know, like a little about because of the trade and everything, but, like, you probably haven't seen him play a ton, and he is just flourishing right now. Like, he is <laughs> it's incredible. He's it's blossoming. He's one, he's one of my favorite guys to watch on the team right now. Yeah, he's a playmaker, <laughs> and yeah. and it makes you excited. It makes you excited because the defensive line is good. Uh, I think Olivier Vernon played a good game this last week. Uh, the defensive line is really, 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 really good. But it makes you excited for years moving forward to get uh, not just Ronnie Harrison and Denzel Ward, but then you start talking about Grant Delbit. You start talking about Greedy Williams. Uh, you start talking about adding some depth. Uh, yeah, this uh, things could be pretty exciting uh, moving forward on that Browns defense, which is weird yeah. to even think about. Except for the linebackers. We need the linebackers. Well, but, it, it, but it makes you – the cool thing about it, that's where you focus. It's obvious. Right. Like, yeah, Uh you know what? At some point in the draft, get another pass rusher because you can never have too many pass rushers. Sure, sure. Go ahead and get another pass rusher at some point in the draft. But you need a linebacker. Like, there's your – people always, don't draft for need. Fuck off. We need a linebacker. Uh, (laughs) If if the best linebacker is on the board, which they won't be at the time of the Browns draft, but but at the time, the best linebacker on the board versus the best cornerback on the board, you're taking the linebacker. Right, exactly. Like, get the linebacker. Like yeah. you need the linebacker. It's fine. Right. Uh, hey, do so, we need a linebacker? Do yes, linebacker? Jesus Christ. <laughs> so the Browns go to six and three. Uh, it is gonna. It's gonna be a fucking race, guys. 
like yeah. Uh, yeah. what you what you didn't see coming this year. Normally, you'd be talking about being six and three, being like, "Sweet, let's do this playoffs, let's go." But the Dolphins, uh, the Titans, uh, the Raiders. Uh, how about the Baltimore Ravens are six and three? Woo. If the season ended today, this is such bullshit. But if the season ended today, the Browns wouldn't make the playoffs, and the Ravens would be the last team in. Wow. Think about that. If the season ended today, it would start it would start the round one would be Steelers Ravens. So is that based well, on no, the Well, no, there'd record? be a bye, but Yeah. It'd actually be Colts Ravens. But think about that. That's wild. The Colts would actually be the first wild card team. Even though they lost to the Browns. Yep. So the the tiebreaker the tiebreaker is divisional standing. Ah. So the Browns no, are going to get up. standing well, or record? Well, it well, doesn't matter, I guess. Divisional standing. Yeah. So, you know what's fun? We've got, you know, the Browns have got this game coming up against the Eagles, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, then they got the Jags. Then they got the Titans. But you can go ahead, and if the Browns can get through this little stretch, let's say three and one uh, against those four teams. So you're talking about, being eight, go ahead and circle that game on Monday, December 14th against the Baltimore Ravens. Because all of a sudden, the winner of that game could be in the driver's seat for a playoff spot, and the loser of that game could win 10, 11 games and not make it. Sure. Yeah. So that is exciting. But before we get to that, and before we get too far ahead of ourselves – Here's the trap game, Joey. Trap oh, game. No. I'm it's ready. the trap game. Let's talk about <laughs> no. my boy Boston Scott. It's trap game city. Trap game city. All right. The I'm three, ready. five, and one. I'm ready. Philadelphia Eagles coming to trap- Cleveland. The Trapadelia Eagles. The Trapadelia Eagles coming to Cleveland against the Cleveland Browns. Six and three, four and one at home, by the way. Browns are playing great at home. You got Carson Wentz. Throwing for, he's got 2,000 yards on the season, 12 touchdowns, 12 picks. Averaging per completion. Against Baker Mayfield. Uh, A a lot of, Carson Wentz, a guy, a lot of Browns fans still to this day talk about the fact that the Browns should have taken Carson Wentz, which is horse shit. Baker Mayfield throwing for 1,600 yards on the season, but 11 yards per completion. 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Guys, when we talk about Baker Mayfield for a minute, can we fucking talk about that? 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Okay. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, That's right where we want to be. Okay. That little area, we want to live in that. So that's beautiful. Okay. All right. You got got Miles Sanders, who I think is healthy, going up against Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. You've got – uh, I think Alshon Jeffrey's back for the Eagles, so you got to contend with that, which I'm not real worried about. Nope. Uh, against against the Browns, you got a, a bad Eagles defense against maybe an improving Browns defense, but what has not been a good Browns defense. So it's the the fun thing for the Eagles that you got to talk about is, uh, you know, they're coming off a loss to the Giants, Ugh. which <laughs> is unbelievable, right? <laughs> And 
uh, I don't know. You're, you're talking about an Eagles team that uh, is fighting for – right now they are still technically the first-place team in the NFC East at 3-5-1. and one. Yeah, you know what's weird is that like like a six and ten NFC East is going to host a playoff game, and some like ten eleven win squad. Yes, is, is, oh, it is was, going to is going to go to a like the, a yeah. The 49ers are last place in the NFC West, and they would be first place in the NFC East if they <laughs> were geographically located across the country. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. Um, I got I got so many so many talking points about this game. Um, yes. I just I feel weirdly passionate about this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, we know you do. Look, let me just start off. In all honesty, like I really think that the Browns are going to come through and win this. Yeah. Um, my original warning was just that, like, yo, like I just don't like sleep on these guys and think that, like, okay, we just need to get through this Titans game or this Baltimore game in December because um, those are the next games that matter. It's like. No, like this Eagles team has a decent enough uh, defensive line that might be able to contain some of the run. Um, I think that in order for us to like feel comfortable about a win on Sunday, um, Baker is going to need to have one of his games that are more than 140 yards. Um, If I'm going to make my obscure predictions, I'm going to say 267 yards and two touchdowns with an interception. Okay. Um, we're just going to throw okay. out there. And, I'm like, right you know, decent numbers from your running backs, but nothing like the 230 we saw last week. But why? Um, but why? Do, but why? Like, what about the Eagles' defense gives you that? <laughs> I don't think he can. I don't think. I, I just think if you're game planning against the Eagles, you're going to game plan for the pass and not the run. Even though that's more of the Browns' identity, I just think that they are more susceptible to the passing game than they are the run game. Um, <laughs> offensively, uh, okay. you know what? I, okay. I'm just, it's all right. You know what? Michael is actually going to be with me during this game, so we'll be able to uh, uh, go through these predictions and see them unfold live. Okay. <laughs> uh, but on the offense, you know, you got your boy Boston Scott, uh, who's come through your boy. the past couple <laughs> your boy, who's boy, your boy, who's boy, are you talking about? My, my, my buddy, uh, has had Boston Scott on his fantasy team for what feels like four years now. Um, and every time like I'll play him in our league, I'm like, dude, what the hell are you playing Boston Scott for? <laughs> and I think he broke 10 points for the first time two weeks ago and had a pretty decent game last week. Um, so you, <laughs> I guess you gotta watch out for Boston Scott, but I'm it not watching like, uh, out for Boston Scott. All right. Oh, why start. not? Why not? Who? Yeah. Boston well, Scott, Mike. That's Who? what I said too, until, you know, listen, this is a, it's an Eagles team. They, they do not turn the ball over defensively. Uh, they got three interceptions on the year. Uh, defensively, they, they do they not do. turn the ball over. Uh, they create a little pressure on the quarterback, but not a ton. Uh, you do have to watch out for Brandon Graham. He's got seven sacks. And all, you know, you always, you've got Fletcher Cox uh, is a good player on that defensive line. Um it's a little Browns S. The defensive line is okay. Uh, the defensive backfield, you've got a couple good players. You've got, you know, Darius Slay, uh, a really, really good cornerback. Um, uh, but not a ton of playmakers uh, for this uh, Eagles defense. Uh, I think 
what's what's the best way to handle a good defensive line, especially a, a defensive line that's pretty decent at getting to the quarterback? Play action. Run the fucking ball. Or run yeah. the ball. That's what I said. Or quick or quick let, throws. Let or Miles throws. Teller. Let Miles. Or let Miles. Let let uh, Wyatt Teller <laughs> eat. <laughs> yeah, my, the, the actor my, Miles Teller. My, uh, let Wyatt Teller eat. Let Joel Batonio eat. Let let Jedrick out there maul God some guys damn, in the run game. Like goddamn that Wyatt Teller's a hell of a jazz drummer. <laughs> yeah. That was a great movie. Great movie. Oh man. Uh yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta say, Joe, after that explanation, I still have no idea why you think this is a trap game. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 just a gut. It's just a gut. But uh, it's a gut yeah. feeling I hope I hope is horribly wrong. I, I, I think it is. I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think you are a trust. <laughs> just uh, Yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's nothing about this Eagles team that scares me. Uh you know Carson Wentz has been wildly inconsistent this year. Uh he gets sacked a lot too. Yeah, he, he, he gets sacked, sacked a lot. lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I don't know if the Browns are able to control because it's supposed to be another wet day uh, in Cleveland Browns Stadium this Sunday. So, if, I mean, if the Browns can control the time of possession in this game and get points out of it, I, I think it's I think it's an easy win for the Browns, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah, uh, Carson Wentz this year is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL. Thirty, thirty-five times Carson Wentz has been sacked. Uh, this year? Yes, more than Joe Burrow, oh more than God. Daniel Jones, more than Russell Wilson, thirty-five times. Can you imagine Couch- getting hit thirty-five times by an NFL lineman. Yeah. Tim Couch just called him and was like, "Bro, I feel you." <laughs> yeah, on on the other side, to to show you how good the offensive line has been for the Browns, even in the passing game, where they haven't been spectacular, but they've been good. Uh, uh, Baker Mayfield's been sacked twelve times this year. That's it. So Baker's been sacked oh, wow. a third of the amount of times as Carson went. So you also know Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, Sheldon Richardson, Adrian Claiborne, Olivier Vernon. Those dudes are licking their chops uh, with with the thought of getting to uh, getting to Carson Wentz. I think the key to this game coming up this week is uh, Carson Wentz isn't going to beat you. He makes too many no. mistakes. You're going to be able to, your defensive line is going to be able to get to him and force him into mistakes. You've, you've got to watch Miles Sanders. Right. Uh, You've got to make sure they don't get off on their running game. But if you can, if you can control the the line of scrimmage, control the running game defensively and get to Carson Wentz, I'm, I I tend to be with you, Chad. I I think, I think this is another game where the Browns defense is going to look good. Right. Uh, yeah. It's going to be another and, another game for them to build on, and I right. think offensively, I think there's uh, there's going to be a lot of room. I think for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to do their thing. Right, and I mean, and to your point, Mike, the Browns are are, are in the top ten in the league in in defense against the run. You know, we're not so good against the pass, but we're top ten in the league against the run. So it's uh, yeah, I just I I, I don't see. Uh, a lot granted it could change because you know we talked about it in the recap any given Sunday but at the same time uh on paper there's just nothing that the Eagles do offensively that makes me think that they're going to be able to score a ton of points against the Browns no no I think uh I think the Browns again you got to get out there and you got to play the game I think 
I think the last two games for the Browns offense has probably got them very aggravated. Uh, I think this <laughs> offense is going to want to get out there and put some points on the board. You know, that's the other thing. You know, Joe, you've called it a trap game. But, like, offensively, the Browns have not played well the last couple games. No. They, they scored 10 points last week. So they know they're not playing really, really well. They ran the ball for a lot of yards. They just didn't get into the end zone a lot. Uh, so I think the Browns are going to come out offensively with a little bit of a renewed vigor. And I think defensively they're going to look pretty good. And I, I think this could be, for the first time this year, this could be one of those games where – uh, you might be in the middle of this game feeling pretty comfortable about where the Browns are uh, right. as the game goes on. Right. And that, that would be uh, one of the firsts. Of the <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be weird. <laughs> It'll be weird, but it's it's worth it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, Browns looking to go 7-3. Oh, my God. Weird. What? what? Weird. Are we allowed to do that? <laughs> Is that legal? No, uh, I don't know. I have no idea. But again, game uh, game goes on Sunday, one o'clock, and then I don't know what time we're going to do it afterwards. I'm going to be with Joe, so Joe's going to have to do it with us this time. Ha! Uh, Sucker! You know, you'll, be able to, you'll be able to catch us live on Twitter. Um, uh, we do our little Periscope broadcast on Twitter, uh, where we break down the Browns game. Hopefully, we're breaking down another win. So uh, look for us at the Garage Beers on Twitter as we break that down. Um, but yeah, uh, again another week another Browns week um uh you know we talked we've talked a lot of Buckeyes lately they didn't play against Maryland but that talk about another big game coming up as we just real quickly switch gears over to the Buckeyes um uh, they were supposed to play Maryland um but Maryland coveted uh all over the place and so <laughs> play that game and so that got canceled so the three and oh Ohio State Buckeyes, ranked number three in the country, are going to take on, at the horseshoe, the number nine ranked Indiana Hoosiers this upcoming Saturday at noon. Uh, How good is Ohio State? Well, this should tell you something. You know what the line is on that game? (laughs) Yeah. Ohio State. Ohio State, number three in the country, taking on another top 10 team, right. is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and oh, how are man. they only top three? I don't get that. Is it That's still Alabama? Thing. It's not Clemson still ahead of them, is it? Notre Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah, and, Notre Dame. Oh, you know, Notre Dame's so... just going to be notoriously overranked, and they beat Clemson. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah so, but they beat a Trevor Lawrence Clemson. Dude, Notre Dame, I I pray with everything inside of me. Okay. I pray to God that when the college football playoff comes around and Ohio State does what they need to do because we don't make assumptions, they got to do what they need to do, I pray to God they get to play Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> please, please, God, let yeah. Notre Dame be the matchup for Ohio State. Yeah. It would be 42 beautiful. to 14. I mean, this is such a huge – I mean, <laughs> it's so weird talking about Indiana being a huge game. It is. But the, fact, the, but the, fact, that, but the fact that, you know, Indiana's 4-0 and now and, and Ohio State didn't get to play Maryland la- last week, this becomes the biggest game of the season for the Buckeyes. I mean, it's it's, 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 it's the, the only state of Indiana 
who would have thought the state of Indiana would have had two top ten teams? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time. Right. Yeah. Who knew? True. True. But yeah, listen, it's going to be a test. I don't want to get too crazy with this. Indiana's defense is not going to stop Ohio State for one second. No, no. So I don't think this is going to be a test as far as what the final score is going to look like. Uh, but this is going to be a defensive test. That's a good yeah. that's a good offense for Indiana. They are scoring a lot of points this year, and their quarterback is playing really well. He's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Penix Jr. Michael Penix. Okay. All right. Penix. Uh, Penix. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a it's going to be a challenge. Ohio State should come out on top because, again, offensively they're just special. Uh, but it, it should be the first real challenge for the defense, and, and that'll be fun to see if they can step up. So uh, it'll be good to see Ohio State back on the field on Saturday, uh, again, as we missed them this last weekend, uh, and then the Browns on Sunday. Uh, a good, fun week of football coming up. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. What else? What else is going on? Anything else going on that we need to go over? I'm waiting for Joe to drop like a Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> no, Blowing the COVID. I, yeah. Should we, should, we, should, so next week, Thanksgiving special episode. Yes. It, you know, we should, we should uh, do our, 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 you know, we've been, la- we were lacking on it, but we should do our top five celebrities on our, on our ultimate guys weekend. Oh, I was getting to that. You suggested that we do that. So I'm oh, ready okay. for that. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm ready okay. for that. We're, we're wrapping up with that tonight. Oh, is that <laughs> happening tonight? We're wrapping up with that tonight. Oh, I don't know. I'm not prepared for that. Well, you're going to have oh. to get prepared. You're going to have oh, to get prepared. Wow. Are we, are we doing it? Are we doing it? Like we did it with our, like, uh, yeah, you'll go around, around the horn. Yeah. We're going to go around, around the horn, horn and like draft people. Yeah. First off, though, like before we say something, though, I, I need to know what your ultimate guys like weekend events would be. Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah. I wonder how different our ultimate guys weekends are going to be. <laughs> Chad, so is, Chad, it, start us is, off. It, is it Cleveland sports? Is it just celebrities, celebrities. in general? Uh, celebrities. It could be athletes. It could be celebrities. Only, what level of celebrity? Any? The only rule. The only rule is they have to be alive. That's it. That's the only rule oh, is they have to oh. be alive. Right. So, Chad, why don't you start us off? What, what's your idea of an ultimate guys weekend? God almighty. Okay, so obviously I would have to get to wherever we were going from work. So we would get there on a Friday night. This is way too uh, specific. Way yeah, too specific. We, we get there on a Friday night. <laughs> I, I mean, it would have to involve paintballing. Wow. Uh, uh, paintballing. It would have to involve lots of drinking, like maybe dinners at like, like a, like a brewery. Yep. Um, it, it would also have to involve obviously a sporting event sometime over that weekend. We would have to go to, uh, mm. depending on, depending on what month of the year that we do this, you know, a football, a basketball, a baseball or a hockey game. Sure. Something like that. Sure. Uh, we might go shoot guns. Uh, we might go fishing. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and God, limos, strip right, clubs. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Like Joe, any, Joe, any, any, Joe, what's your ultimate guys' weekend consist? Well, you don't want to get like specific. Like that's just like well, Chad. You just listed like go. seventy-eight things. You've you've, you've done enough <laughs> things. It's a it's a goddamn <laughs> weekend, Chad. Fine. 
it's a goddamn Mine. weekend. It's not a guy's uh, month. <laughs> my guy's month would be <laughs> my guy's month. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy's month, didn't I? Uh, my guy's uh, weekend uh, would probably consist of like ninety percent um, in some form of gambling or like just wow. Um, yes, like it's probably going to be gambling's Vegas. a good one. It's going to be hookers yeah, and pizza. Hookers, hookers and pizza. pizza. Rick no, Pacino, gonna, special guest. <laughs> we're going to be gambling. We're going to be doing a lot of black chop, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of craps. Um, and I don't really have. It, it can't be crowded, you know. I, I don't. I don't like the crowded spaces. So, uh, pretty laid back. We're gonna have some cigars. Um, you know, make some money. I don't. I don't know. You know, Dude, mine is easy. Have a good time. Mine and is golf. Easy. We're gonna golf. That's mine is it. easy. Mine is golf. Golf. Breeze. What was, what was that? What? Breweries. Breweries. Breweries, okay. And then mine is like a, a similar to kind of the vacation we had this summer, Joe, that we went on. That Georgia vacation. Uh, mine's a cabin in like the mountains near a body of water okay. that okay. we could like rent a boat and sure. like, uh, and at night we can just build a fire, drink a bunch of drinks, play some cornhole, uh, play some drinking games. Uh, you know, I feel like the days of being like Vegas and let's go crazy. Oh God, I I don't even that doesn't even sound appealing to me. Uh, well, I just, yeah, I just want That's golf, fair. breweries, lots of drinks, yeah, and, and, and sports, and and just like maybe an outdoor TV or something with with some sports on it while we're hanging out. That's it. Okay, hookers and pee. You forgot the old so, H&P. Because of that, <clears throat> and because this is your idea, Chad. Okay. You've got you're gonna get to pick. Okay. So we've got the celebrity draft. Okay. Of uh who you're gonna have on that guy's weekend with you. Okay. Who is it? Who's okay. it gonna be? Who's your first pick? My first pick is Adam Sandler. Wow. Adam Sandler. Wow. I feel like he's gonna bring the comedy. I feel like he's gonna bring the fun. Uh I, I feel like he's kind of your like laid back guy that's just cool and and, and is just gonna i don't okay. know just just gonna be the guy that everybody looks to if things get rough <laughs> so adam sandler's the number one pick i a huge surprise uh okay uh, i'm gonna go next uh because i think joe's still formulating his plan no i'm so good go but yeah oh you good on. all right go ahead joe go ahead what's your what's your pick uh, it's obviously J.R. Smith is going to come oh, from from the party house to the <laughs> just, to the bachelor weekend. Are right, like, are you kidding me? Like, he's going to set the tone. He's going to bring the fun. He is the life of the party. Like, you need that. You need that. Like, he's not going to bring any shirts. Zero no. shirts. We don't need Zero shirts. shirts. No. Right, guy weekend. Yeah. All right, so Adam Sandler and J.R. Smith go off the board first. <laughs> Which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it back into reality for a minute, and I'm gonna bring a guy that I think, I think it's the coolest celebrity on the planet. I don't. I don't think. I don't even know that. You, I don't even know that you can argue this right now. Okay. Coolest celebrity on the planet. The guy that I want to hang out with most. I'm bringing Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh yeah, damn! With me on my guys' weekend, dude, dude, 
I love how you said I'm gonna bring it back to reality. Like that's realistic. No, I just like I don't mean reality. Like that's what we're doing. I just mean like of all the famous people you could possibly pick, Joe just picked J.R. Smith. Yep, <laughs> J.R. Smith. All the Sandler yeah. is right there. Come we're on. getting there. We're getting. Okay, we're I feel like, I base. Feel like, oh my god! I know what Chad is doing. I know what Chad is doing. What am I doing? Chad's five celebrities is just going to be the cast of Grown Ups plus Chad. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now that you called me out on it, I'm totally going to switch it up now. <laughs> All right, Chad. We're back to you. Who's your second celebrity you're taking on your Ultimate Guys weekend? I'm going to go Stone Cold Steve Austin. Wow. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Why, you ask? Because, beer. Uh, well, beer. A, beer, and B, we're going to be able to drive so many all-terrain vehicles that you've never even heard of that it's just going to be a, a, a lot of fun. Okay? He's going to bring right. all of the uh, Steve Fair. Weisers, all Fair. the Steve Weisers you can think of, and he's going to have the hookups to, for, I don't know, I, like to drive Fair. a vehicle that will like drive in the water, and then I'll hit a button, and it'll like a, a glass hood will cover me, and all of a sudden I'm in a Jetsons car. Boom. All right, so yeah. Stone Cold off the board. Joe, who's your next celebrity you're bringing uh, with you? We're going to bring aboard um, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh, all right. I feel like he's going to bring he's, a little fun. He's, he's going to be a little, little comedy. Little, you know, he seems like a fun guy. I don't know. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag dreamboat. dreamboat. Hashtag dreamboat. We're gonna, it's going to be called the, the Rockin' Bods. Was it, is it a bachelor trip or... No, yeah, just dude trip, just dude trip, dude trip, dude trip. Okay, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna admit that one of my very favorite things to do is get just real drunk and talk <laughs> politics. Oh God! Uh, again, uh, I am interested in politics. I've said it many times that I find it embarrassing oh, that politics, talking politics, is taboo in our country. <laughs> uh, I think that's embarrassing. I think it's immature. And uh, it's something that affects all of us. And so, Van Jones, here we go. I need who? Who's Ben Jones? Van Jones. Oh, Van Jones. No, I need somebody that I can spit the shit with on a political level when I am hammered drunk, and that'll probably uh, have a cigar with me, I would imagine, and maybe we'll shoot some hoops together. So I'm bringing Barack Obama with me on on Ultimate Guys Weekend. Okay. I think I think me and Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Barack Obama are going to have a good time so far. <laughs> that sounds like a really relaxed guys weekend right now, uh, dude. That's that is my uh, sign me the fuck up for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, Chad. God. Uh, Say Kenneth well, Copeland. Uh, Say Kenneth honestly, Copeland. <laughs> honestly, honestly. Oh uh, God. Say monster. Say monster. <laughs> Bruce Willis. Oh, wow. I'm going to go Bruce Willis. Ah. Uh, okay. Uh, if for nothing other than the fact that he just seems like a cool dude to hang out with, and I just want him to, like, I want to try to like convince him to cast me in the next Die Hard movie because you know he's got like four left in him. All right. So Bruce Willis is making his way with his bald ass head. Okay. <laughs> All right, Joe, what do you got for your third pick? We're going uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, uh, for pick number three. <laughs> yeah. That's so what I'm got, saying. Who do you have? You've got Jared Smith. Smith. 
Ryan Reynolds, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> and so that's why I started with JR, though, because, like, I seriously, he's going to be the tone setter for this trip that we're doing here. No shit he is. <laughs> and everyone else is going to just... Zach Galifianakis is going to give you some roofling. Yeah, it's gonna give us it's it's gonna be a hangover type situation for sure. We're gonna have Fuck tigers yeah, in the is. bedroom. We're gonna have babies. We don't know where they came from. Uh, it'll, it'll be a good time. It's funny because so for my third pick, uh, and right, I got the Rock. I got Barack Obama for my third pick. I was going along that hangover uh, uh, with you. I was I was on there with you, but I wouldn't have picked Zach Galifianakis. I instead am going to pick another star of the hangover. I'm going to pick Ed Helms. Ah, uh, it's oh, a good one. Who Ed Helms is not only outstandingly funny, whether it's the hangover, uh. whether it's the office, but Ed Helms is also a super talented musician. That He's was like my a folk next singer. pick. That was my next, literally my next pick. And so again, I'm chilling. I'm having a good time. He's going to break out like a guitar or a banjo, play some music. Uh, yeah, so Ed Helms, my ne- next pick. I love Ed Helms. So suck Son it, Chad. Now you've got to think of somebody else. Son of a bitch. So, Chad, who's your first three? Uh, well, I've got um, Adam Sandler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Bruce Willis. Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. You better pick another bald man. No, no, no. I got to go younger. I got to go funny. I got to go comedian. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Bill Burr. Oh, what? yes, I love that guy. Oh, damn, Bill that's Burr. such a good one. I'm not going to love Burr, him. Just because, I, I don't know, he just seems so laid back, and just down to earth, and just yes. and like, just like yes. up for anything, and <laughs> I just love that guy. All right. Love it, too. And way he's a cigar guy, too. He's a, he, he would bring the cigars. He's a big-time cigar guy. Yeah, I'm way into that. Okay, all right. So uh, Bill Burr joins the Stone Cold Bruce Willis and uh, Adam Sandler party. Uh, who's joining the uh, J.R. Smith, Ryan Reynolds, and who the hell else? Uh, is that Galifianakis? Yeah, oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Who's joining um, the party? We're going to bring in, um, uh, in, in the midst of like mild controversy, we're going to bring in Ellen De- DeGeneres. On your guys' <laughs> weekend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know Why what? Not? No rules. No Why rules. Not? Fair. Yeah. Why not? No rules. Just uh, no rules. She called the guys' right. weekend? Um, I don't know. I feel like I just want to like figure out if she's like actually like a, a tyrant to her employees okay. or if she's a nice person. And I feel like this is the kind of trip where those kind of things come out, you know? But the fun <laughs> thing is she probably would be real funny. Yeah. And at the very least, even if she's a total dick, you'll probably get $10,000 from Shutterfly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Or yeah, like a free exactly. speaker or something like you know, like, how, like Bluetooth Earth, speaker. How is or Ellen going to get along with Zach Galifianakis and Ryan <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds and Jr. Smith? Can yeah, we tweet at her? Can we Jesus. tweet it? Well, I think she would love Jr. I just think she would love Jr. Being the free spirit that he is. <laughs> Who would? Yeah, there's not a lot of like people that wouldn't like Jr. <laughs> yeah. right, so I got The Rock, I got Barack Obama, and I got Ed Helms. I'm going to keep uh, it in the music world, <gasps> and I'm going to keep it. Ch- because again, I'm all about the chill guys weekend. Uh, and I'm going to go with a musician. Uh, and I'm not a country fan. Joe knows this about me. I forget. I do not like country music unless it's this kind of country music. So I'm bringing Chris Stapleton okay. with me on my guys weekend. Again, okay. uh, a dude that I think is going to be a good time drinking some bourbons. 
a dude that I think is going to be a good time at like a cabin, just hanging in the woods. He and would again, fit your guys weekend very well. And and then if I need like, if I need like just sing some Tennessee whiskey by the fire and like, we can all just kind of put our arms around each other and drink and sing. And yeah, that's, that's guys weekend material. So let's, let's bring in Chris Stapleton. He joins the party. Okay. So Chad, last pick. Let's again, run over. Well, don't run over everything. We'll, we'll recap, but last pick who is joining your last pick, your ultimate guys weekend. I am rounding out my guys weekend with a guy that like, you know, you know how sometimes like if you're on a guy's weekend, it, it, you know, sometimes it gets a little stale. You're trying to figure out what to do next. I feel like this guy would never run out of ideas. He's funny. He's the life of the party. Bert Kreischer. I am oh, ending it. also going to be shirtless. You guys both Bert have Kreischer. a shirtless guy on your. Yeah. You both have somebody shirtless. That's right. Bert Kreischer is, is, will constantly, consistently bring the fun if things get dull. Bert Kreischer, final. Okay. Pick. All right, fair. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a fucking group. Okay. Right. All right, Joe. Who's your final pick? I'm kind of stuck between two. Ooh. One would be somebody that we would just like, like that kind of person that you want to bring along so you can lead them somewhere. Or okay. two would be like, honestly, like someone I'd like to hang out with. I'm just going to give them both just briefly. Uh, I, I would really like to hang out with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I Good watched time. Inception this past week. And yeah. I just I love that movie so much. And like that'd be like honestly, out of all the people in that group, that'd be like the one guy I would be like, I need to talk to you about your career because I'm gonna be a fan of it. Um, the bring, person I would, would also, he would also bring okay. the models, like <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um sure. but the guy I would leave behind would be Drake. Um I would, yeah, it's bring it's him guy, in and leave him behind. Well, he'll you'll get you into places and then he just kind of bounce once you know. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get in those exclusive like Vegas clubs, you know, and then uh, he can like go play a show and then we'll peace out. And then uh, JR will bring us home. The responsible one at this point. Okay. All right. Again. So my guys weekend uh, again, I, don't, I feel like I picked no golf. I feel like I should pick John Daly just because I'm on a golf a lot, but I'm not picking John Daly. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd pick him anyways. I think I picked Phil Mickelson over John Daly anyways. Yeah. But, but anyways, I'm not doing that. Uh, because again, what about Bryson DeChambeau? Fuck that, fuck bitch. that guy. Uh, okay, you mind? You mean Bryson DeChambeau? Bryson oh. DeChambeau. Oh yeah, I want a yeah. guy. As I'm having my chill guys weekend, I want a guy that's going to yell at the neighbors because their kids are laughing. Yeah, and he hates it. <laughs> that's what Bryson DeChambeau. That's that's Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> oh hell no. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh god so Bryson DeChambeau pulls into a gas go, station I got a pretty chill situation going on but but I'm I'm big into conversation I'm in the I like to have some drinks have some conversation so the last pick of the draft I'm going to go with uh, the king of all media and I'm going to have Howard Stern no uh. On the ultimate oh, guys we got. I think okay. I think we'd have I, I right. think we'd have a great time. I think I think he is I think Howard Stern's just one of the all time greats at anything ever. And uh uh Howard Stern on uh to to join on the guys weekend. So uh real quick, uh 
What was your five? Who, me? Yeah, you're Chad. All right. Well, I didn't it cut up. Uh, Adam, oh, we got Adam Sandler, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bruce Willis, Bill Burr, and Burt Kreischer. Wow. What a Beautiful. fucking weekend. <laughs> I know. All right. Joe? Uh, we have the Honorable J.R. Smith, uh, Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> Zach Galifianakis, Ellen DeGeneres, and Drake. Jesus. No, no, I'm not going to give him that credit. I don't even want him. No, no. Leonardo's in. Sorry. All right, bring Leonardo in. But there it is. I left the behind already. You know what's funny is I don't even... uh, Okay, The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Barack Obama, Ed Helms, Chris Stapleton, and Howard Stern. I'm having a good fucking time. That's interesting. You know what would be the best about Howard Stern? I would want him to interview... Like, it'd be like... One in the morning, we'd be all around the fire having some. Like the Dwayne Johnson be drinking his tequila. I'd be drinking right. some bourbons with Chris Stapleton. Right. Howard Stern, I would want him to just interview all of the people that I'm there with. Right, you wouldn't get a word. I just want to sit there and interviewing. Yeah, I just want to sit there and listen. He literally the single greatest interviewer in the history of anything is Howard Stern. So I'd love to listen to that. So, all right, now I want to have a guys' weekend. And yeah. COVID says you're going to have an alone weekend. And so <laughs> I guess I'll do that too. I guess. I should. So I think that's going to do it for us. Again, pay attention to sports going on. Uh, we got the Buckeyes coming up against Indiana on Saturday. We got the Browns against the Eagles on Sunday. And next week we'll be coming at you again Sunday. Tune in to our Twitter page at the garage beers after the Browns game, I don't know when it'll be, but we'll make an announcement on the page for our uh, our, our live stream on the game. Uh, and then we will be back with you again next week. We are going to go a day early next week uh, so that you guys can all enjoy your Thanksgiving. So next week's episode will be out on Wednesday. Uh, uh, and it'll be really fun. Chad will still be over there on the east side of Cleveland. But I will be coming at you live from La Casa de Joey Whalen in Nashville, Tennessee. Ooh, so yeah. We're going down oh, to Nashville boy. to hang out with Joe. Uh, for th- So uh, I'll be doing both the, uh, the Periscope on Twitter on Sunday and next week's episode live from Nashville. Try to grab some good Nashville beers while I'm down there. Uh, but, guys, I think that's going to do it for us. Great episode, as always. Uh, so for, uh, for Joey over there at Garage Beers, Joe, online for chad at garage beers chad online i am michael keefe at garage beers mike go follow the page at the garage beers on twitter and instagram and at the garage beers podcast on facebook give us a follow give us a like and please give us some suggestions for beers that you want us to try on the podcast we'll give you a shout out and uh who knows chad maybe we'll even have some uh tea throw out there here pretty soon so uh again For all of us here at the Garage Beers Podcast, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, uh, have an awesome week, and we will see you then. Cheers, everybody.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.